Welcome to The Creative Cure, the podcast for creative explorers. Do you have a creative soul, but you're not sure how to express yourself? Well, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Marianne Slater, visual artist, author, photographer, flower faffer, business owner, and a woman on a mission to bring everyone's creativity to life. I'm talking to some of the most creative people I know, asking them where their creativity comes from, how it shows up for them in all aspects of their lives, and hopefully inspiring you to find your own creative cure along the way. Today's guest is Claire Selman. Claire is an artist and heritage professional who lives and works in Wiltshire. She studied interdisciplinary art and design at university, where we actually met, and also has a master's degree in heritage management. Earlier this year, Claire made the brave decision to take a break from her full-time job as a visitor services officer at the town museum to focus on her art practice. Since then she's been building her portfolio and skill set and has now decided to embark on a specific printmaking course to further her range of techniques. Claire uses her love of locations, history, architecture and nature to bring the places she sees to life. I'm so excited to chat to her today. Welcome Claire. Hello thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's so exciting to, I mean, we chat a lot anyway about art, don't we? But it's so nice to sit down. We do. Yes, we do. Um, So Claire and I actually met at university. We've been friends for 10, 12, 13 years. 13 years. 13, yeah. Lucky. Um, (laughs) Yeah, lucky number 13. I like that. Um, yes, we've been friends a very long time and um, it's been lovely to watch you go through all the different stages of what you've been through to get to this point. Um, so if you'd like to maybe tell us a little bit about maybe before you met me and when, how, how you ended up getting to university, but then what you've done since then, I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a good place to start, doesn't it? Um So I decided, I think like all of us on our course throughout school and everything, that creativity and art was where I needed to be. Um, And I think in any subject, I was kind of drawn to that specifically. Um, So decided to do an art foundation course, which I would highly recommend to anyone listening who is considering going into further education for art and design. It was the most incredible year of study um so full of inspiration really hard work which you know you don't necessarily (laughs) think of um you know you might think oh creativity art degrees it's really hard work and you have to put so much into it yourself um so through that process I was interested in all sorts of things like the magpies that we are um but I guess I was particularly drawn to um video editing to printing, um, sculpture, a bit of everything. So even in that process, I didn't find my thing. I just liked everything, which is lovely, but not very handy when you're trying to find a course to study, which can be quite um, niche and particular. Um, So towards the end of all the trawling of open days and things, I came across um, Leeds College of Art literally a week before the open day so I think it was fate um and I sent off for the prospectus like the nice um you know I don't know I don't know if they do that anymore you have paper prospectuses to look through and oh, they, yeah I used to love getting a stack of those and yeah imagine I had, I had a drawer. <laughs> did you have a drawer yeah I definitely had a drawer I had so many <laughs> and then I'd 
It's always quite a nice activity, though. I hope they still do that. I bet it's all PDFs these days. It'll all be PDF. I mean, it's good for the environment, and I, you know, that's the way to go. Yeah. But um, having that, um, I mean, it's it's the whole um, brand of a place, isn't it? A prospectus that kind of brings it to life. But um, so went along to the open day and fell in love with um, a course that we were both on called um, Art and Design Interdisciplinary which I could never spell. I don't know about you. It was, yeah, it was a mouthful. Every it's time I tell anyone what degree I did, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it was just art and design because I just can't even <laughs> bother to, like, go into the word interdisciplinary. But we both know, yeah, that just meant... It was sort of um, an extension of a foundation course, wasn't it? Like, let's just learn a bit it more was. about everything. <laughs> it was, yes. I think it, um, it is very much a course for magpies. Um, who want to try everything and um, I don't know about you I think what appealed to me was that it wasn't purely art um, for a gallery setting it was more practical um, it had a lot of design elements um, and it just meant we could be ourselves I think and push our own um, projects forward and work collaboratively and in a different way to perhaps a traditional artist so um so that was great and that we we met um we were in the same halls weren't we as well and yeah, yeah. it was a good time definitely it was a really good time uh, yeah I love I loved, I loved a lot we were left to our own devices quite a lot on that course but I just loved how much we all got to collaborate and you know some of the exhibitions we put on just us with not a lot of intervention was fantastic like yes. it just taught me so and, much and exhibitions exhibitions for public consumption wasn't it it wasn't so much oh, exhibitions yeah. just for our own you know progression it was um in other venues wasn't it and in the city so um I think really that cool. again it was a lot of collaboration with the city I think it mm. felt like yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, yeah. So after that, you, we all left. We didn't know what to do with our lives. Um, and you did actually end up doing, going for a master's degree. So where has that come in for you as a, you know, as a graduate artist? Well, where do you get going to do a heritage management, you know, degree? And it's, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> and it is an interest yes an interesting when you yeah I didn't do history um to any level the same as perhaps some of my cohort within the heritage management course um but for me it was a kind of natural progression um so in my creative practice it was quite a lot about interpretation um a bit of graphic design and I kind of felt that heritage a huge part of heritage is telling a story within a museum setting or a historical site um, and alongside that towards the end of my um, art degree I got really interested in a program called Trust New Art with the National Trust in where they were commissioning artists to respond to um, the spirit of place of a property. And I just thought that was such an interesting concept and the heritage arena was somewhere that artists could operate. And I hadn't really thought of that before. And it's a setting where um, people are coming to find out things. You can tell stories. 
And I just felt like it had a lot of potential for me. And then also within my normal working life of, you know, kind of all those customer services jobs that you do over the years, kind of visitor services and creating a warm welcome, again, was an area of work within the heritage sector that is perhaps less, um, you know, you've got the curators out there and things, but visitor services is a huge, important part of the heritage experience. So I kind of felt those two avenues were my... um, kind of ways into heritage that I wanted to develop um the course itself it was with Vassar University it happened to be quite close to where I was living so I just kind of worked well I didn't have to think about the the bigger things if I need to move again and um all those kind of decisions so it all kind of fell into place um and I've just actually dug out my dissertation from our degree um oh, wow. Uh, I know I know and um, the title I think it shows where I was thinking so it's quite a long wordy title there's a lot of capital letters in it that I haven't used now really um <laughs> in terms of like the start of the start of the words of all like every yeah every word in the sentence starts with the capital the title, letter it looks it just title, looks yeah. weird um but so it's if, you, if you're ready for this it's called yep. to what effect is image used to influence expectations and behavior within the hyper-reality of contemporary tourism. Oh, Claire. Wow. <laughs> that's quite a title. Really that's quite is. a title. But there's things in there that I think shows the way I was starting to go. So um, the role of imagery in tourism, basically. Um, and that was where I saw myself going. And we'll talk about my work um, now that I'm doing but it is a lot influenced by the identity of a place and your experience as a visitor so it all it all works it all feeds in somewhere along the line I love these pathways because I think people always think oh you do it's it's these traditional steps you do this at school you do this at university you get this job and it all has to have a a line that makes sense but that it's there anyway. Like it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to make sense in a really traditional way. Like you've gone from an art degree to a, a you know, a heritage management and like visitor services uh, degree, master's degree, and you know, you'd say that to someone and be like, oh, she's just gone off and done something completely different. But actually, there's so many links. And then even now into your practice, so. Yeah, I think I think those non-traditional routes into creative jobs is they're just so interesting and everyone's got a lovely different story and it's yeah, they're fascinating. Um so I guess if we move on to like what maybe talk a bit more about your what your work is now, um what inspires you and your work. I know you just touched on that, but we, yeah let's talk a little bit more about those sorts of things um because you you have, have did you do a lot of printmaking did you do the print I did the printmaking module down at Vernon Street but did you you didn't do that with me did no, you I no, I didn't so, no I think I did video and ceramics I think so yeah. very different um <laughs> Um, and the print studio was amazing at um, Leeds College oh. Art, wasn't it? It was, it was in the more kind of Victorian, I would say, building within the university. And it yeah, just... It was down the hill, wasn't it? It was at the, 
it was where they did they do the foundation degree there for they the, did yes yeah it was such a gorgeous building wasn't it I loved being yeah. there yeah I just remember seeing the um I remember doing letterpress um and seeing all the typefaces and drawers oh. and mm-hmm. it was it was just magical and I think I loved it but didn't kind of see because we had these briefs and these projects and I think I just didn't see that as a medium to get me where I wanted to go at that time so I was working quite a lot digitally um Mm -hmm. with photoshop and creating installations and things and it just didn't kind of um fall in at that time um Mm -hmm. but I remember loving it at foundation and screen printing and, and everything and um because I think when you're in a setting outside of school, we don't have print studios at school, so we necessarily think. So it really did feel like a new medium, I guess, more so than mm. anything else. Um, so, yeah, so I've dabbled in all sorts of creative processes, of, as we've just discussed. Um, and now I would say I am a printmaker, which is feels quite exciting to be able to say. Um and it's only quite, it's a very new thing, really. So I did a couple of hours lino printing course, design your own Christmas card type fun thing with some friends about five years ago. Um, I thought, oh, I really, I really like this, actually. Um, so bought a few things, as you do, so you can do it at home. Um, and I did, I think, two rounds of Christmas cards for friends. I still have my Christmas cards, my class on Christmas cards. They'll be... There'll be top-notch, you know, stuff one day. Yes. I'll have to sell them for... No, I never sell them. But <laughs> sell them for millions for... Yes. <laughs> uh, well, that would be, be lovely. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, and then... Well, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of di- digressing, really, but the, the kind of big thing that made it into um, a larger part of my life um, was, was lockdown, really um like many many people I don't know if we're kind of going to talk about this more but um you know I I started gave myself time to actually um learn about it more and I specifically at the moment I'm a lino printmaker and that is very much an accessible medium at home and it was just something that I really enjoyed doing so then coming out of that I then continued to create my own work in around my job um, and sort of felt this was something that I really enjoyed um, and kind of combining my printmaking with my other interests with walking visiting places um, be, you know UK is full of beautiful areas that I really love to visit and um, capture um, in various ways um, so yeah it's kind of that's where I am at now with my practice so it's been like I know saying about lockdown but I think a lot of people found that they had a bit more time and what were they going to do with that time um and it sounds like you you've made a start on that little that spark of printmaking but then when you were back allowed back out visiting actual places um you you know you got to because you you do a lot of sketchbooking and you but you're gather, always gathering this inspiration and the end result is usually printmaking now which is really interesting it's almost like a not a backwards way of doing it but 
the way you know you started with the, the end result in the printmaking technique and then you've been like oh well I'll go and gather some some sketches I'll gather I'll do a quick painting um you go on lovely sketch walks with groups and things and then you bring those things back and do the, the printmaking which is like the traditional way of going about it but you actually started off just loving a bit of lino cut which is fascinating um again I think people think oh well I'm not I'm not a trained lino printmaker so I shouldn't do that but it's just a way of expressing what you know your creativity and what you see in the world so yeah I love that um and would you I don't know would you say that um like some of the digital things you talk about would you say that's completely gone in your practice or do you still use do you capture digital images do you still use photoshop like i think that's quite yeah. a lot because lino like printmaking is seen as a very traditional hands-on almost like a craft that is elevated to an art and i think there's, there's, there's digital printmaking isn't there which is like another thing um it's quite interesting to know how you maybe combined the two yes so that's a really good point that um they're not separate ways of working really and I think and it's interesting talking to other printmakers that quite often some people might use digital programs like photoshop to design their prints that they then take them into the handmade side of things um but they just find it easier working digitally um I do create kind of digital artworks that are kind of vintage travel poster inspired style things and that's something that I started doing um at university actually um on a project uh with um our friend Lisa we had we had a good project yeah. didn't we there where we uh, rebranded the yeah, Riverside lovely. as Leeds Riviera that's it Leeds yeah and it's actually something um a conversation I was having with myself last night was about digital because I am building a portfolio of work and I started to create a few digital pieces and it's kind of working out how much more of my time I want to spend looking at that because it's an area that I enjoy but it's I enjoy printmaking a lot more because it's got that kind of hands-on physical element mm -hmm. and it does feel like a different art form so um it's something that I'm looking at at the moment on on their relationship together um, and I think perhaps because I started more digitally I've kind of want to feel like I've moved on from that but actually it is still part of what I do and um, yeah and essentially I was going to say with printmaking as well it's um, the basis of it is drawing and yep. I think that's something that is worth, worth um, like discussing that there's so many mediums out there that just begin with a simple love of drawing. Um, and the whole thing with lockdown started with me that I just started drawing again, really, before I even started printmaking properly again. It was, um, I started drawing dogs, actually. I had a, an encyclopedia of dogs and I thought, do you know what, I'm going to work my way through some of these. Um, so it was like observational drawing. Um, and I just thought, this is actually something I really enjoy and I think I'd kind of lost that love of the basic you know act of drawing 
Mm. Um, and I think any lino cut or anything starts with drawing, mark making, even if it's digitally, it's making shapes, making colours. And um, I think if you start with that love of creating an image, that's that's all you need really to, to take it forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like it, it's sort of taking it back to those very basic roots, you know, all those sort of warm up things we would do at college and university when it's like, just do a quick 10 second sketch of this thing and you, you forget, you just forget to even bother what like warming up to your practice, don't you? You don't, you just yeah. don't bother. You're like, well, I need to get to that end result. I need to get to, and, I need, and I've not got a lot of time, so I'm going to do it like that. But actually immersing yourself in the doing is where you fall back in love with all the different elements, the stages, you know, the drawing oh, then I could maybe recreate that in lino, but then I could do some photography and create a new kind of line. Like, that's where that's where the cascade of creativity comes from. It's just starting so simple with, like, scribbling something, drawing something, mark-making. Yeah. 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 I love, I that. love that phrase, um, the cascade of... I love um, the cascade of creativity. That is just the perfect way of describing it, isn't it? Yeah, and that you don't really know where that's going to go but you need to be open to the fact that it's going to go somewhere yeah not yeah it's not just like like oh I, I can't draw this flower apple whatever I can't draw it like in realist terms perfectly so I'm going to give up and I think that's that's something I think about a lot with my school experience of art I I am an all right realist sketcher, you know, I can capture something, but it bores me to death and I can't, I don't like doing that. So when, um, when my teacher would say, that's not a very good drawing of that apple, you've not got the perspective right, or whatever it was. And I know that I was learning good techniques. I'm not saying I wasn't learning good techniques, but I think that's where a lot of people's creativity goes to die because they're not, they're not going to reach past that. This is like, well, I can't draw the apple very well. The teacher says I can't draw it very well. I can't draw. And so many people say, I can't draw. And it's, yeah, what even is drawing, really? You know, like. Yeah. And the creativity, I would say, I would say a realistic drawing of an apple is far less appealing as a piece of work than an interpretation of an apple. Exactly. Yeah. Very and it's honing in on different parts. You know, I'm. I love colour. I don't necessarily always stick to the form of what I'm interpreting, but for me it's about colours. So maybe I'd want to extract the colours of that apple and make my own interpretation. But that was, it's just, and obviously when you're teaching a group of 30 kids who probably about 95% aren't super engaged, like, how you know that that's mm, not yeah. just an option as so I'm not yeah not like dissing the school system at all um but I do think a lot of people end up saying I'm not creative I can't draw I can't paint I can't do that and they've never gone down the cascade of just letting it happen like oh well how does it feel when I just don't take my pen off the paper or I doing pen like everyone's drawing in pencil you know like when when you just yeah. release those parts and I think obviously we've been so lucky to have our further like our higher education further education has been art-based but I do think that's 
still accessible to anybody who's got a piece of paper and a, and a pen, really. Okay, so um, I think we've identified there that creativity has its, maybe its frustrations, you know, I like, I give up on drawing the apple, whatever. Um, and I guess that even if you do go further on in the creativity cascade, if we're calling it that, if you do go further into your practice, um, there is still a lot of frustration that comes with that. Um, and I guess I'm interested in, uh, like, where do you find the frustrations with your creativity and maybe how you overcome them, I guess? Mm, I think one thing with being having a creative mind is that you can see endless possibilities when you're doing something so I think that can be quite challenging when you're like oh I could do it this way or it could be in that color or you know I could try this style and it can sometimes stop you from progressing as swiftly as you might like to obviously it's great fun in the process but I think you have to be quite strict with yourself of this is a project that I've given myself this amount of time to do and I'm going to experiment within that but um you know learn from it move on to a new thing I think rather than continually um is it gilding the lily that's a bad term isn't it I don't know um <laughs> I know what you mean yeah like it's I always say every time I do my classes um or a demo even and I've got a whole bowl full of flowers and everyone's going oh it looks lovely and I said yeah but the the trick is knowing when to stop because yeah that's yeah. that over gilding the lily isn't it you can just keep going and going and going and then you can ruin yeah. it and I guess yeah. with something as permanent as printmaking as well like that's you have you know you have a run of prints and you can't just keep working into something like with my flowers I could just keep ramming them in there until there's no more room um but actually when it's things like painting it's really hard to go back a step so you've mm. got to you've got to be um careful within a piece but also like you're saying within a technique that you're not just going so like over the top with one thing that you're not exploring and then maybe also like the magpie effect like over exploring and never honing in on one thing I yeah think that's I think problem of mine. <laughs> um. yeah yeah no something I've found myself thinking recently is um so you kind of approaching this aspect of work differently to your working life so I don't know I've been making a decision about something like what colorway to do or how far to cut a layer of something of, of my printing and I think I worry about it of like oh but how would it go or how would it look but then I secondly think I it's my project I'm the boss of this and I actually if I'm happy with it it doesn't matter and that's quite an interesting conversation to have with yourself of you know try it do it don't think too much about it you you have your instincts for a reason and you really don't have to you know think you know the important thing is what you think because people are interested in you as an artist and your decisions mm -hmm. as much of what you put in as what you leave out are part of that mm. that's quite and an interesting thought process oh, definitely something um it's that sort of you don't want to be like anyone else so just because someone else has stopped at that colorway or you know like 
just because someone else has done it that doesn't mean that you should do it and it doesn't it's that sort of right and wrong I think a lot of people tend to think oh I'm doing this the wrong way it's like well what is the wrong way mm. unless you're you know unless you're just setting fire to your lino even that could be an artist statement yeah I, I mean that 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 might work yeah. right in it but um, that might work. Um, yeah I think I th- there's, there's a balance between technique correct technique and uh in like creative interpretation isn't there and I think that's where sometimes going back to the apple drawing is maybe what I'm thinking of in like that that respect um I had a really interesting conversation in a workshop where Oh, to a brilliant workshop that um, totally developed um, my practice. And I really, you know, if you can, I re- really recommend going to little workshops or little sessions that you can just to, A, you learn about the technique, but also you just absorb so much from the people going, um, obviously from the tutors themselves, but and even things you didn't anticipate learning just about, you know, types of paper or ways of preparing your surface and things like that. Um, and that's that actually that workshop has led me on to, to do the course that I'm doing so it's very exciting um but in that workshop she was saying how there's two ways of teaching and one way that probably isn't that helpful is to say this is exactly how you do it because <laughs> in a creative world there is no exact way of doing anything um and the slight deviations are what make everyone's work unique so there really can't be an exact way of doing it obviously perhaps if you're cleaning something there might be a better way of doing it or you know the nuts and bolts of it but in terms of your actual application and preparation there's you know umpteen ways you can combine things so I thought that was a really interesting point to make that you know you're not there to follow you're there to learn and build it into your own practice really oh that's yeah absolutely I think when I when I do my classes as the tutor I always say to people you are not copying me I'm showing you how yeah to do it I might talk to you about form and color and definitely mechanics and technique but we are not copying and I tend to only do a little bit of mine and stop because people always tend to they're looking over they're going mine doesn't look like yours and that but it's not supposed to because you're not making mm. mine and I'm not making yours so we need to it that's a lovely way of looking at it, that, that all the deviations are that's the creativity isn't it that's where that comes out yeah. um yeah that's fascinating and something I think I think that's a big unlearning that people have to go through when they do like a little course or a little class like you say so many people are ingrained got it ingrained in their heads that I go to the thing and when I do a b c d process I come away with this piece that's exactly the same as the tutors or how I want it and um when you actually want to tap into that creativity it's very yeah it's a very different process really isn't it like it's, it's the difference between between being like guided and instructed I think yes that's actually a good way of putting it isn't it yeah yeah we like we like being guided but supported supported yeah um do you feel like I think this is just a really interesting and not really not really an arty question but do you feel that 
your creative brain um, ever hinders you in life. <laughs> yeah. mm. You know, I, um, I, I notice many things that I do or don't do that I blame on my creativity. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just, I just love talking to people about this sort of thing, like more on a psychology yeah. route. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it is very important to think of a creative brain as something that is its own its own being isn't it really I think um we are all different generally but I think if you do lean towards creativity a bit more you perhaps are less linear in your thoughts sometimes and you kind of deviate and divert and um or can see I think a big thing is you can see the potential in a lot of things be that you hoard I don't know odd bits of fabric for years on end or you keep I've got clippings from magazines for I don't know how long of bits of things that are like patterns that I like I've stopped doing that now I've, I've got better <laughs> but oh. I've still got the clippings um, <laughs> <laughs> but no I think and I mean I do have a a big life-changing moment for me thinking about the creative brain which I think would be quite interesting to discuss um is the moment when I got my whiteboard oh the whiteboard I mean do we do we go into it do we say what it's no, we introduced the whiteboard we should Shall introduce we? Gary so um, yeah we were we were all hanging out yeah, so uh, Gary <laughs> there's there's a few of us there's four or five of us friends and we hang out you know at points in the year and we we all are very creative people and we were talking about Claire's whiteboard and it got was it Katie that gave it the nickname was it... I don't know I can't remember I've I I yeah I don't know who um burst Gary <laughs> um but one of I think together we did um but so thinking about the on along the lines of having a creative brain and different things all going on at the same time, I got to a point where I was like, right, I don't really know. Obviously, I've got my work schedule. I know what I'm doing there, but I don't really know what else I'm doing. I need to visualise it. I've got a diary, but just having it all on the same blank white piece of material is just super. So I... Um, in kind of winter 2021 just wrote down wrote down my weeks of my months and what I had going on and what my gaps were to basically I was trying to make time to be creative um that was my overall aim to show yeah the, the gaps that I had and then alongside it I wrote my sort of aspirations of where I wanted to get my um practice mm-hmm. and um it was doing that that I realized I can't do it all and that was, or I can't do it all in the time that I'd like to. Yeah. Um, so that was a really, really big moment for me, all from this whiteboard from Lidl, you know, who don't know what, yeah. what impact it was but, gonna have. And I think that's that's a very creative brain problem, is just wanting to get it all out and down on something, but to be able to see it. We're very, you know, obviously very visual people. Mm, and yeah sometimes it feels very cluttered in your head and you just want to see it all but that's 
a huge, huge thing that you would realize that you, if you do want to be a practitioner, then you need to give it time. And I think people don't give their creative brain enough time. They don't carve it out. They don't prioritize it. They yeah. don't, you know, I sort of call it like a like a red day. I, I read it out in because I use a digital calendar, Brilliant. but I put red and that is like non-negotiable. It has to be a creative day. And carving out time is like only way you'll ever get around to doing it because it's always the last thing on the list isn't it it's always there's always there's slightly more important things to do when when sorry yeah. when I'm, I'm saying when you're when you're not an artist for a living like when you're not doing it all day every day when you're trying to do it around a, a job family kids anything yeah. it has to be carved out and stuck with a big red sticker be strict be strict with yourself like you say yeah. like it's, it's easy not when, to um and it's very hard to do it if you know especially when you've got more and more competing um priorities um but I think that's brilliant that you carve you know you have your your days where you've carved out time to do it and there's a hashtag I like on Instagram called carve out time for art and I think that's just that shows you know people are committing you know even you know an hour a week into just doing something that progresses their exactly. own fulfillment um yeah and it's not necessarily to say that they are going to quit their job and become an artist but it's to find a little bit more fulfillment in the everyday you know um I think that's just so important even you know with my varied practices you know I do a lot of things in my week um and I still want to carve out time to do creative things that aren't even necessarily work. You know, it's it's got to... Do you find that they... Do they influence your work or do you kind of keep them quite separate in your mind? Or do they kind of... Oh, no, it's all, a, it's all a big mishmash, but <laughs> I do still have to carve the time out because there's a lot of times when I'm doing creative stuff, um, I'm doing it to a brief, you know, for a client um or for a workshop which is lovely and I I'm so happy to do it but there's there's a there's a different part of me that I tap into when I'm just doing it for me so yeah it's it is needs needs to be like this non-negotiable time um and it's just I just love what Gary has done for you sorry I don't know if we explained that we named the whiteboard that Claire bought we named him Gary and now (laughs) we call him Gary when we text Gary him, like and when, when I want Gary. to know what what is it I said when I wanted to know when you uh, an event was something I said Gary and I would like to know when um yeah Gary and I happening <laughs> so it can go into Gary yeah and I'll say just get, like when I was even asking you to do this podcast I was saying does, is there any Gary does Gary have any free time for you on <laughs> you know on this day and it's sort of become I don't know what that means uh, I don't know yeah, what that means in terms of I need like a you know a colleague a with, within what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh, Claire <laughs> it's all gone <laughs> yeah he's your manager but no he's my manager uh, yeah no, we don't but want that because we like, like, it separates the planning from the doing I think yeah definitely and it gives you 
it's that visual thing of like um so this market is in four weeks what do I need to achieve before then it's all those time things that I think my my creative brain definitely struggles with I'm I've always been a big big diary calendar person um and that's that's definitely and you can just get lost in time as well can't you when you're when you are creating you just look up and you're like oh I've been here for seven hours and I've not even really had lunch or you know like and you can get really yeah it just yeah in the flow that's what I I don't know if that's what I quite like about printmaking is that it has a a process obviously we're saying you can deviate from that but it has stages that are fixed stages in the process and you know if you're making a print and at the moment I'm loving doing reduction printing so you print layers upon layers and cut out each time so you know you need to leave x amount of time to dry you know you want to do four layers it's going to take this amount of time and I, I don't know whether that um quite appeals to me that you've got that kind of process then within that you can be creative in your color choices mark making there is a time structure there's like yeah Yeah. there's a structure that is there that's a really good way of looking at it and like I do sometimes set timers I have to set timers on myself to just be like do an hour and then go and have a break and yeah like I think they're really useful so I guess what we're the overarching thing of what we're saying is some gentle but but noticeable organization is really helpful um to developing any sort of creativity in your life because it's either the discipline to fit it in or the discipline to stop when you're really in the flow um yeah I think that's really interesting so um I guess you just sort of chatted about this reduction printing and obviously we've talked a lot about printmaking um, and I know you are going on to do this course so I guess what does the future hold for Claire and tell us a bit more about this course and what you're hoping to achieve um, doing it I guess. Yeah so I think so obviously this year has been a bit of not to use the phrase I'm gonna it's been a bit of a journey this year in terms of um pausing my full-time employment to redirect myself I think is the intention um and I think my aim for that eventually is to have creativity as a integral part of my life mm-hmm. to say I'm an artist to identify as that and to um, participate in the art world is really what I want. So to be in exhibitions um, or to, you know, to apply and be accepted for, for things, to be at fairs or just to have conversations with other artists and for that to be part of normal daily life within obviously work and um, other aspects of your life. Um, so this course, I think, was a, um, it's, it's, part-time once a week with a print studio in Bristol with Spike Print Studio um, and it will allow me to discover different types of printmaking so it covers um, all sorts of like screen printing, etching um, so I think it will hopefully expand my knowledge base um, at the moment I'm quite home-based with my line of printing and you know to, to use all the 
equipment that we've tried at university 10 years ago, didn't we? And to sort of revisit that would be fantastic. And I don't know where that will um, lead my style. I envisage my subject matter to stay the same. So um, landscapes, places, experiences, trying to basically capture a moment in time for other people to enjoy is basically what I'm about. Um, and that isn't just the geography or the architecture, but the light, um, the weather, the mood, trying to build that into a picture. So I'm quite excited about how those different techniques will allow me to do that. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, how my practice will change at the end. Um, eventually then I'd love to join a print studio where you have a membership and just feel comfortable and confident in, you know, going in thinking, I'm gonna do a screen print today, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to get on with it. That's what um, that's where I want to be at the end of it. Um, yeah, basically. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and also, I think just to be part of a um, I think you're the same, you know, creativity and socialising and meeting other people goes hand in hand for me. Um, so the, the image of a lone artist isn't really, you know, in a studio on a hill somewhere um, isn't necessarily for me. And I don't think it's for you either. No, I'm a chatty person. I like I like my I like my alone time sometimes for creating, but I find that I just want to talk. I just need yeah, I need my my friends and my creative peers. And you know, it goes back to when we would do our crits at university, and we'd all sit around mm. and we'd all discuss what we were doing and what we were working on. And it, it just feeds you, doesn't it? Absolutely. Like I call it sort of creative refueling like you are literally filling your tank up I love with that. a little bit of other people's yeah little little bits of other people's creativity they're all giving they're all willing to give a little bit away a little bit of advice conversation it might be a technique thing it might be a have you seen this have you heard of this um and that community and then you can go away and you're a bit more filled up and you can go to your print studio and make that print and or you know that that once you've had that fueling process the possibilities become endless and then I always notice when I'm feeling a bit depleted and I've not had time with mm -hmm. my creative peers and I need another little injection of the old uh, creative chat so yeah and there's yeah. Of different ways you can get that you know going to exhibitions I find is super creative fuel it doesn't necessarily mean I have to go with someone else but it's is experiencing all aspects of the, your creative world with the community is really important, isn't it? Do you find social media helps with that? Obviously, social media, there's people talk about the pros and cons all the time, but do you find it is quite a supportive world out there? Um, I think it has its good and bad points. I've always found it an incredibly supportive community I've I find that I found my people on there you know I think it's great yeah. for 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 finding niche things but finding new things like I've gone on a bit of a gone down a rabbit hole this morning of um pigment pigment art like so um yeah you'd love this stuff. but it's like yeah. using that I've, I've I've known about natural dyeing, so like dyeing fabrics. I use quite a lot of natural dyed silks for some of my weddings and things. But the um, it's like using 
soil and earth and natural pigments to make paint, paint to make watercolors. Oh, wow. And there's a hot that you know, I ended up following about six new accounts and just like taking it all in. So yeah, that's I guess it's it's nowhere near as uh you know, as of an experience as going to a gallery or having a chat with your friends, but that there's so many people doing so much amazing stuff out there that once you stumble across it, you know, it can really inform what you want to take forward. I definitely want to look at pigments now, you know um that really speaks to my practice um and I guess the community side of it is I love it I think I found some of yeah. my best friends on there so I guess you have to just it's being mindful isn't it it's not letting it overtake your personal thoughts or your self-belief you know seeing someone else doing really well and thinking oh I'm not doing very well you know they're they're obviously the downside yeah comparison but when you utilize it for what it is it's a lovely community tool really isn't it is that how you feel about it I know you you absolutely I think um because I've been doing you know a few a few hashtags on the old printmaking and um it does feel like a community and you see regular faces really and you think oh I know I know that name I know that name and you know the world suddenly doesn't seem so big and it's I like that um and it connects it just connects people and gives you a kind of yeah just a connection doesn't it that you would you would no way have before um you don't know where those will go or what you know collaborations or inspirations like you say with your pigments that you wouldn't you didn't you didn't wake up today thinking I'm going to look at pigments but suddenly (laughs) Suddenly, yeah, 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 and it. I just, I think that's just such a good like. Exactly, exactly what you said. If I was sat in my studio without social media, yeah, I'd find creative things to do, but I wouldn't. There wouldn't be as much out there for me to look at. I'd have to travel, or I'd have to, you know, I'd have to go further afield. I'd have to get down to London to, you know, there's yeah, it's it's made a lot of the creative community a lot more accessible you know I can follow and like someone's work in Australia and I can chat to them because it's just a few buttons away and that's amazing you know um yeah I love I I, I love social media like I I think everyone's hating on Instagram at the moment and I just think it's a bit unfair because like they've got to they've got to go with the times and they've got to move yeah. forward and actually so do so do we and not saying we should change the way we create content necessarily but actually if you just keep doing what you love doing the people are always going to be there to look at it so yeah yeah great um so I guess lastly before we uh say goodbye um I just would like to know if you could give some advice to anybody out there who wanted to explore their creativity a bit further and they didn't know where to start. Uh, what would you say to them? Oh, that's such a good question. I think everyone is so different, but I would say. Um, so one thing is just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen with your um if you want to try something new just do it make a little bit of time if you can 
to do so um, because you it needs that combination of time and motivation so you do need to have even if it is just an evening a month doing something for you try and make it happen um, and prioritize it because it is so easy it's the same as you know going to the gym or do exercise you've just got to make it happen and it's the same treat your creativity in the same way because it's not going to happen without you um so yeah you you are your own boss it's probably one of the only areas of your life where you really are in control of what you're doing and you can make it happen um so do so if you can um and just enjoy it I think that's the you know at the moment I'm choosing what to focus on and things and at the end of the day it boils down to what um what feeds what feeds my soul what what lights the spark that I'm like yeah that's the thing um and I'm just kind of feeling as I go where that is so um do that <laughs> yeah and get getting in touch with that even that little part of it in the first place like what is it what what is it that I'm not doing creatively like what am I what am I not doing that I want to be part of and that could be that you've seen someone else doing something you're like oh I'd love I'd love to express myself yeah. in that way and then following that little light just, as it, as it, yeah that's it and not um not knowing what the outcome is and being okay with that and just like you say feeling away and being a little bit brave like go to that workshop even if you're not sure whether it's right for you or go to that art group because you don't know you know that what you're going to learn and what you're going to discover mm -hmm. so um yeah push try and push yourself out of your boundaries a little bit if, if that is something that you struggle with because you you know you end up loving it yeah well I when we started recording just before we started recording this I just said done is better than perfect isn't it because nothing's going to be nothing's going to be perfect first time is it we're just going to just have to try to give it a go yeah um so yeah that's brilliant um so where can we find you and your work and um yeah where can the listeners uh, find a bit more about Claire ah lovely so um uh my main thing is Instagram um like I saw I'm sure so Claire underscore salmon underscore art is my Instagram um I'm on Facebook as well um because I am quite emerging I don't have a website at the moment but that's on my on my list of things um mm -hmm. and I'm out on about uh, events and things in Wiltshire if you are in the southwest um and different exhibition features hopefully they continue so yeah. yes I'll um I'll put your Instagram handle in the notes um and obviously when I post about this so everyone will be able to find if they want to um it's it's just been a, a lovely lovely chat Claire thank you so much for joining me um and uh yeah I just wish you all the best and I'm going to follow everything Aww. you do as I always have to um um, thanks so and likewise, likewise yeah yeah thank you thanks thank you um speak to you soon bye bye Another huge thank you to Claire for joining me today and as ever thank you to you for taking the time to listen. I hope you're enjoying the episodes and the chats, um, they're definitely inspiring to have so I hope they're just as inspiring to listen to. 
I'll be back next week where I'm talking to Daisy Lee Overton, who whilst also being a practicing jewellery designer is actually a secondary school art teacher. This is a topic we've touched on in all the previous episodes, I think, um, about how school level art has affected how we perceive our own abilities. Um, So it's going to be fascinating to hear about it from the point of view of the teacher. So make sure you tune in next Monday so you don't miss that one. Um, And thanks again for listening. Bye.